and welcome back for another episode of the Black Watch Report. I'm your host, Thorn Rain. With me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Kyle Wynn. How are you doing this evening, sir? Pretty good. Lots to talk about. Uh, I'm. A, 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 it's probably one of my favorite episodes to do. Is the uh, the the most wanted list every year because it it's kind of a culmination of like all of the previous seasons of us following things and you know looking at key players, interviewing players, and kind of trying to figure out who is who. And um, this is kind of our opportunity to show that we actually are paying attention and know who is good and know who is not good, who is an overhyped signing, who is actually the real deal. So um, although we have gotten, I think it's legit only one signing f- on our list so far yeah um so we're still pretty ahead of this you know uh, the signing window just opened yesterday um and we've got some a couple of moves that have happened for the most part things are still happening um i was mentioning it yesterday and the day before it's it's there's a lot of moving pieces right now there's a hundred plus open spots on teams right now there are probably about 150 200 eligible talented quality players that could be um signed for these spots and there's 20 teams each trying to do their best to build the next championship roster for 2021 uh and it's not easy some teams are starting quite far ahead like the shock and philly where they need like one or two pieces other teams are hitting the reset button like toronto defiant and uh dallas fuel essentially uh, I'm excited to see what happens, but let's, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a fun day ahead of us here. Uh, what about you? What's, uh, what's, what's new with you? What, uh, how's your, how's your day going? Browns won. Pretty yeah. excited about that. Close mm-hmm. one against the Bengals. I was, uh, I was a little worried. I was, I was kind of worried. Uh, me and the kid bought some more Pokemon cards. Absolutely failed on this new set. So, uh, we decided to start playing some Overwatch. Was grinding Overwatch a little bit earlier today. Uh, actually having some fun playing it, which was unexpected. Um, still placed silver. I'm hot trash at the game. That's what happens when you, gotta, you... you just got to stack with a bunch of Smurfs. Just win it <laughs> out. Just uh, stack with Smurfs, like uh, GM level players. Yeah, and then you'll get uh, gold. But that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get to gold. Uh, but that's what happens when you play for like a week to get event skins and then don't yeah. play again for two and a half months. Uh, it'd be like that sometimes. It do. Uh, but outside of that, like not a whole lot going on. Just trying to watch for roster announcements. Like we've seen some like released pros get picked up from other teams. We've seen trades and kind of stuff like that but nothing really out of tier two yet just the the one that we're going to talk about here in a little bit um but yeah let's roll right down into this news here we only got one bit of news our news brought to you by our patreons head over to patreon.com slash blackwatch report sign up to become a patreon at the two dollar level you can sponsor the news just like mr thugly thank you so much sir kyle take us away so the team formerly known as Tier 2 Dan has undergone a uh, bit of a rebranding after having some uh, 
copyright <sighs> troubles with the one and only Mr. Keemstar. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and an interesting change. There's only one or two significant changes here. Um, one of them is you've got Frilled, a.k.a. Shapeshifter, um, out at the main tank spot. Beast Halo is in, which, I mean, he just got dropped from Toronto to fight, as did the rest of everyone. Um, so he's now a free agent, um, maybe just playing to, like, prove his rele relevancy. Maybe he just knows he's going back to contenders for a season, uh, and wants to kind of get a head start. No idea, but, um, you've got Beast and Cucumber on the DPS still. You've got Sam Wub sugar free on the still retired emergency sub uh, category here. Um, you've got supports OG and Ultraviolet. I think that's pretty consistent. Yep. Um, important note: Hydron and Speedily, who I think were also on the previous roster, uh, to quote their second tweet: "Our amazing main tank shape got two free plane tickets for Speedily and King Hydron to China, or uh, so they could not make this month of contenders." I assume that's some sort of joke. I, I don't understand what it means, but it's funny. Uh, yeah. So it's was... an interesting new roster. It's interesting to see Beast coming back down so quickly. Um, probably didn't have a great look in uh, Overwatch League this season, so maybe if he's going to continue playing, maybe he does continue at the uh, contenders level again. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Trying to keep up with the tier two Dan tweets are like a job in itself because half of them don't make any sense. Uh, I was trying to like search around to figure out exactly what that the the China thing meant. No idea. Both of them are minors, so it's not like they're going to a Chinese team. Um, right. But even in the the management section, Frill's name is kind of left out of yeah. I would this think team. it'd be like a team manager or something but yeah like it's kind of awkward to see him not tied to this at all i'm assuming he's tied to it in some way just yeah. not officially announced in any capacity he's twitching to valorant or switching team i don't know it's yep. interesting to see yep but uh we're gonna roll right down into this quick play where we're gonna talk about the phenomenal absolute banger of a grand finals uh, over from Korea Contenders Season 2, you got WGS Phoenix going up against Runaway. And this was, like, from start to finish, a great match. WGS Phoenix, take this. 4-3. We went the distance. So, Kyle, what are your thoughts here? It was almost a reverse sweep, and it kind of felt like it was going to be, yeah. essentially... Uh, it just happened a map early. You just switch two maps around. You switch Numbani and Havana, and it becomes a great storyline. Um, this was a weird one. The first two maps especially, it just felt like WGS were lost. Um, on the side of Runaway, I changed the way I'm formatting notes, and it just is so much better now. I'm going map by map. Um, Lijang Tower here, 2-1 in favor of Runaway. On the back of some great DPS play, Assassin was really on his A game this match. He's been, if if he's given the opportunity to to play Genji and then also kind of Tracer, um, he's just on it, dude. I he's, mm -hmm. I think he's one of the best Genji players, um, in contenders right now. I mean, maybe in all of the contenders regions, um, 
and he really showed it. Him and uh, Merritt especially were really doing work, uh, picking off the WGS support line here to win Lijing Tower. Um, really just kind of started off a day for him. Yeah, and then um, there was a moment on Night Market where uh, WGS Phoenix had the point, had control of the point, but the whole team was kind of like hunkering down in the market section across from the point, like where all the little tables and stuff are. It's it's a weird spot. You usually don't see a whole lot of stuff going on over there, but like the whole team was over there. All of Runaway takes the fight inside of there, but Mag on the ball just rolls and sits on the point, steals the point away while the team's fighting. And then as WGS Phoenix is trying to rotate back, they end up losing the team fight and Runaway kind of steals the point that way. Um, there was a couple of those on on Night Market specifically where it was like WGS Phoenix wasn't playing like completely properly. Like they were taking f- already lost fights and extending them out uh using ultimates and kind of wasting stuff they end up t- winning the fight but they have to use everything and then runaway is just able to walk back in and take it back from them because runaway was playing it a little bit smarter disengaging when needed uh runaway definitely looked the king on uh on lijang tower here yep and then moving on into temple of anubis this was another kind of strong look for runaway here they took it 2-1 so they were able to cap out i think with some amount of time remaining if not much and then we're able to uh, no i think it was uh wgs on their attack first wasn't able to cap out and all runaway needed was a single tick Mm -hmm. um and one of the weirdest parts was that i think wgs had a little bit of work they needed to do on the first point uh, it wasn't a first fight take, but then once they did take it, Aztec gets two picks as they are walking into point B, but still, like in a six v four essentially, and like there was not overtime uh, respawns yet. I don't think like they had the full time to wait, and they could not finish off the reinforcements and cap the point out. They didn't even get a tick. I think. They just could not handle the reinforcements, and it was just brutal to see because they had like a perfect opportunity. Um, and then on their defense, kind of the other major moment was they had both. I think it was Rally and Transcendence popped. Zabag is on the wrecking ball, so obviously he's playing a bit spread out. But then he dies on their defense even with both supports being popped at the same time in a pretty chaotic fight. So I can't tell if that was a misplay from Z-Bag, a misplay from the supports, a miscommunication. I feel like it's the last of those. Um, he just wasn't aware, but also, yeah, it's just unfortunate that like your main tank is not able to stay alive with literally infinite healing, essentially. Mm. Um, really rough to see. And then, um, sorry, I, I didn't realize we changed up the notes and I actually Um, missed, I actually missed a couple notes. Um, but, uh, where am I at? Uh, oh, uh, for WGS playing the wrecking ball seemed to be a big, like detriment 
coming from um Jeez, why am I forgetting his name? Z-Bag? Z-Bag. Um, Z-Bag has a tendency to play a little bit out of position when he's on the ball. He plays a little bit further up than... I mean, you, you're kind of supposed to on the ball. You're supposed to create space, come in on crazy flanks. The only issue was his crazy flanks were like right on the edge of runaway, and they were able to notice him and pick him off. Um, and More specifically talking about how he died with two alts up had he been in a better position he would have had a little bit of that support coming from his uh the the support alts being used in that final fight but he died like way off away from the team he like ground slammed uh we saw it a couple times uh when he's playing the winston just a little bit of an issue with him splitting off a little bit too far from the team i noticed um but especially on this temple of anubis yeah it it was a bit weird to see um there's a couple of changes that we see come in uh in umbani and it gets um i mean they basically let's see starting off they have a bit of an issue taking first and then it's like a bit of a drawn out fight and then they kind of just go again um ace on the tracer especially is really on his game here we know mostly as the somber player um we haven't seen as much tracer i don't believe but when he does play it he's perfectly competent at it and really pops off here um on their attack and then on the defense it's even a bit more ridiculous um but you have a note here as well with ace uh yeah ace uh was able to pull out um assassin out of a dragon blade nano dragon blade like should have been able to capitalize on at least two kills with this dragon blade uh ace gets the hack him and um Valentine? Uh no, it was the Moira who was playing the Moira. Aztec probably. Aztec. Uh Aztec after the hack goes through just absolutely decimate him. Um this was up above the point. Uh drop down, help down on the point where two members of Runaway were and then just clear him out. Uh Ace is just phenomenal with those manual hacks, especially in the face of a an alting Genji to be able to yeah. pull it off and get away. And not only an alting Genji, but like I, I wanted to go back and check to make sure this was what I'm thinking of. Um, their previous time they played this was against Talon, top of their group. Um, 1-0 full held them on Numbani. And I remember mm-hmm. specifically, this was where we saw Assassin decimating all of Talon, especially making uh, Chorong's life just unfun. Um, and they just figured out how to nullify his effectiveness, just hacked him, EMP'd him. He would just draw the blade and then just watch as he was stunned and they popped ultimates on the other side and just kept everyone alive. He just, okay, well, I'm just here with my blade. Just waiting, and it's gone. Like, that's and, uh, all he could literally do. Um, and then uh, Valentine as well on their attack. Uh, 
plays the Reaper. It, it was weird to see, but I think that's kind of the way the meta works now is like you've got your kind of flex DPS player um, picking up the Reaper and while you have your main hit scan player like playing the farther hit scan heroes. Um, I think they actually played a lot of Somber Reaper here, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, kind of a more Korean flavor than you see in like NA contenders, EU contenders. And um, something yeah. that just kind of noted, I don't have down here in the notes, but map one and two, we saw Valentine basically 100% on the Echo. Not a whole lot of like real value coming out of his Echo. Numbani switches over to the Reaper. We see absolute a ton of value. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about Valentine's Echo a little bit later, but the beginning, his Echo wasn't looking too solid. Yeah, I don't remember it even being on that, but I, I think he was the one player I just did not see in the kill feed just because yep. it wasn't working out. Wasn't doing But yeah, nothing. this was Numbani, the first map where W just got... Uh, I mean, this was a pretty big look for them a map yeah. that had previously gone 1-0 to run away against talon and then they instead 3-0 them on the flip side um get the full cap with time then full hold super duper impressive look from wgs but back in havana we see basically the same thing happened just the other way uh, we see Runaway cap it all the way i think with barely time remaining or an overtime i mean that's a tough map to complete uh, then on the flip side, just get full health. Um, one of the things to note is they bring in phase. Uh, phase is essentially like Enocast, where they will. I, we didn't see it much in previous um, matches for Runaway to bring in phase over Mag because Mag is Mag. Uh, but they brought him in to play the Hog, um, and it works out for them he gets value especially because he knows how to play in the smaller corridors around first and second usually to hey i'm in here hey come chase me come chase me and then when they get in there uh well woo yells in there as well he'll hit you with a rock and then another hook and then you're stuck in a room with two tanks and you're just kind of screwed um they do a really good job of uh kind of baiting in people to get eventually destroyed and then Assassin on the Genji as well really went on a tear on their defense to pick off everyone. He was just back and forth, specifically between, I forget what it what the callout is, but when you go up the first little road on the right-hand side, those, the buildings and the little dead end over there, um, he was just in and around there destroying everyone on... Uh, WGS and including like the Roadhog, which is really that is a, not a fight you take as a Genji very often. Just straight uh, farming blades off of. Oh Eno yeah, Cass. like I, every Crazy. fighter, every fight and a half, he's got a blade. So it is, yeah, impressive. And he like gets, I think one of the blades he got was a 4K blade. Like he does get value off of them despite playing against a Roadhog. And um, I think they, no, they didn't have a break. They had a Mercy. Uh, but yeah, like that is a tricky fight to take and he takes it and comes out on top a lot yeah and then on their defense this is the full hold didn't look like it was going to be a full hold they're like 0.06 meters away from uh getting point a wgs phoenix was um but they couldn't kill 
Chayo, and Assassin. They were literally just dancing around on the payload long enough for respawns to start to come back in. Um, as the respawns are coming back in, they're popping ultimates and securing kills. Literally, the only two people on the payload for a good, I'd say, four to five seconds, while it was, it was like a 5v2, and no one could kill these two. They both fell, like, right towards uh, the end as the respawns were coming in to kind of take over the, the point presence. But by then, it was too late. They had put enough damage, pulled enough focus away that uh, members of WGS Phoenix were starting to get picked off. Um, WGS Phoenix should have been able to take that point, but run away through just sheer determination and runaway magic were able to steal that away and get that full hold on Havana. Yep. Uh, moving into Nepal, it's a 2-1 in favor of WGS. Weird thing for me that I noticed is they kept phase in on Nepal, and I don't know Nepal as being a very big map uh, map for the Roadhog. They played him on, I think it was Village, and it worked okay, but they eventually had to switch, and uh, I believe you had we all on the Wrecking Ball, and yep, phase uh, uh, was playing the diva. diva which was you've had a double off tank and if you can't play the roadhog it's kind of rough to see it doesn't really work out well especially if you need to take the winston battle it's just not gonna work um and part of that you know was the reason that they ended up losing this map they did take i think it was shrine which was super close but i think both sanctum and um village what went the way of wgs which was kind of uh that was just another like cop team issue of they just shot themselves in the foot yeah and over on the other side speaking of phase uh faith playing the brigitte landed like three or four environmental kills uh one of them specifically coming uh off of a res phase catches a res and as soon as he's able to be targeted, uh, Faith is just right there with a whip shot to throw him off the side of the map that was on Shrine. Um, mm. And then he got, I think, two on Sanctum with the whip shot. So Faith just doing work on the Brigida, making sure that he was shutting down Faze at every possible spot he could whenever he saw him standing next to an edge. And then we get into Eichenwald, which is another... Uh, this was a 3-1, not quite a 3-0. But a lot of these... Um, a lot of these payload maps really were incredibly one-sided. This one was pretty one-sided, I should say. Um, on the attack for WGS, they literally... Within the first maybe five seconds of walking into, like, the fight area... Again, a big pickoff onto Merit... I don't know what specifically happened, but he, I think, got just picked early. It was just not in a good spot or got forced into a bad spot. Um, Valentine is on the Echo and kind of just works. Um, he kind of gets into a flow of things. There's a lot of high points and corridors and places to play the Echo well. Um, a lot of these teams are playing quite split on Eichenwald 2nd, especially. And 
that's a really good place for an echo to go um and we just kind of saw him get a ton of value really until they got through the doors in the castle and then he ended up switching to the reaper and um was finally able to help them finish out the map but on the flip side of that all runaway got was i think just outside of the doors and then they got held uh with some pretty big play from a lot of the different members on wgs so that was a another pretty one-sided map i mean it 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 almost got to be a three two but yeah it was uh pretty brutal and this is where like my initial note on valentine's echo like early on when i was watching this was while valentine's on the echo we see them dropping maps and um not really getting any value and then Eichenwald Hub happens. And it's like, okay, I have to amend this note because now his Echo is looking a whole lot better this matchup. And then we got into Route 66. Yeah, and Route, it went 1-0, right? Uh, yes. Yes. The, and it was not a, they got a, they full held and then they just capped out where they full held. No. This was looking pretty grim after W just on their attack got full held. Um, Assassin on the Tracer and Merit on the Widow win a fight which was pretty unwinnable looking from the outside. I think you really just had the two of them, and I think Merit gets like two or three kills within like two or three seconds. Yeah. Um, And I think the casters were like, what is happening? Okay, they, okay, they, the full held them before the doors on second um making it a a pretty clear win condition but Should then on the other attack one. yeah but then on the flip side you've got an even fuller hold <laughs> off of some really big plays valentine on the echo um again just great positioning lots of um high areas for him to play and you know especially high like high geometry uh with corners that you can play around and then swoop in and um get kills and one of the things i did notice he was playing super aggressive when he had ultimate because if he got chunked pretty low or was in a tough spot cool i'm just gonna copy the diva fly away or copy the winston or copy the wrecking ball or whatever and just kind of was able to get out and just live because he had essentially two more lives after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and a lot of the stuff that Valentine was able to pull off on Route 66, like you said, it wasn't even with his ultimates. He was getting two and three kills in engagements just playing the stock Echo and then being able to just kind of buzz out. But then you've got Gabalshi, uh just hitting crazy diva bomb angles not nothing big there was no 3ks no 4ks just well placed into the back line to where he was able to pull off getting uh chayo and why am i chio chayo chayo twice with the self-destructs on just perfect angles um both on i i know one on the attack and one on the the defense um just Gabolshi just doing crazy stuff with his his diva bombs just that 
right little touch. We saw it with uh, Hawk used to be able to do things like this. It was mm. real nice to be able to see. And then I think one of the other big things is we noticed Aztec kind of coming in on this map in particular and having some pretty big plays. I think he got like a 2K um, from the top of Big Earls with a, a nice biotic nade, um, getting some pickoffs, kind of doing his own uh, significant amount of work. When, when the shields are down and there aren't shields or when people aren't playing in good spots, you can do a lot of work with the Ana. Um, landing key nades, especially against um, Roadhog when they had it, but um, that was a big part of it. And then you have a note with kind of an expanding on that. Yeah, there was actually a moment on their attack where uh, Faith and Aztec were just making Merit's life absolutely unbearable. I think back to back you had the supports of WGS Phoenix killing the uh, the Widowmaker over on Runaway because the tank line was too busy trying to maintain presence down on the point. Well, if you've got a Widowmaker, you know, popping heads, it's whoever can get up there. Um, and Faith and Aztec both were able to either kill... Uh, merit or put enough pressure after the initial kills uh to keep him kind of in check and prevent him from being able to hold down sight lines for very long so just those bloodthirsty supports man making sure that the the widow makers not doing their job properly for on the other team yeah and then i think faith was on the brig on their defense and whip shotted i think it was the wrecking ball um before he could even get to point to stall to start the or to like start the overtime, mm -hmm. they didn't even hit the overtime. Um, I think we saw Zbag have some big plays at the very end. Um, gets a, a key pickoff onto I think it was Revenge on the Zen knocks him off the side or gets the quick pick with like twenty seconds, fifteen seconds left. Um just really standard or like solid play here from uh wgs when it when it matters the most and so finally this was the only time i think we've seen in recent history where there's been a non elemistic or a runaway victory here i think last yeah. year or last season was uh did o2 o2 got one i think maybe yeah um I guess it was, it was last season. It was split up a lot. Um, oh, Jeb, you just got one last season. Uh, ba Battleca got one. This was that was a weird season. Uh, this was a bit harder to tell. But yeah, it actually Runaway didn't get well one at all that week. Uh, that uh, those whole four weeks they didn't win a single one. Unlucky. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Um, what was playoffs? Playoffs went to 02 over run runaway. That's what it was. Okay. Um but yeah, like it it seems to no longer be I mean runaway will always be relevant, as will El Mystic. They'll always be pretty relevant, but we're starting to see um 02 have some good moments here and there, uh staying competitive with those top two teams. WGS is now coming into their own as well after getting knocked out in losers finals last time. 
they have done it this month or this uh half year and are the contenders winners so hopefully that gets them uh recognition and i mean this is a great time to win a tournament because we've got a lot of teams who are looking to sign some players and having on your resume yeah i just i know we're talking about uh my contract uh well i just won contenders so why don't you put another zero on there bud or you know <laughs> put a 50 on there and just put it you know you can you can use that to like elevate your self-worth a little bit if you're a contenders player so yep uh, so moving into this yeah i guess that's a, a good segue into what comes next yeah we're gonna roll down into the main discussion 2020's most wanted uh with free agency opening up and us getting ready to start looking at the 2021 season that means that teams are going to be signing new players hopefully coming from the contenders uh regions not just re-signing all of their buddies who are already in the overwatch league and yep. got dropped let's let's see some new blood and we're going to after, talk about a little bit of that new blood here after two off seasons of seeing the same players who have not looked good get re-signed over to to talent i think that some people are starting to realize like maybe there is some value in some of these contenders players because they are more unknown quantities. They are more risks as opposed to the, I just know how good this player is. Um, And if you know that they're not performing well, why not take a chance on a newer player that has had some good looks and you can see some potential. They're young. They can be molded into superstar players. If they, you know, if they have the right coaching and training and have the, the right motivations, um, they can do well. And one of those players that is one of, you know, that like high potential for performance, like they can be a top level main tank in the right circumstances is mag. So we're starting off uh, with the primarily Korean speaking players where we split them up like we did last year into uh Korean speaking and then uh, English slash bilingual players. Uh, there's only one, I think, truly bilingual player we have on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're starting off with the main tank section here with Mag. And I think he was probably the top main tank prospect in any region at all, I think. Like, even yeah. more so than the couple of guys in Europe we have. Not really a ton of options in NA at the moment. Like, nope. we have one that we'll mention as kind of our continuous like please pick this guy if he's really good but like beyond that dude like there's not been any one player that's really stood out like mag has in korea which you can stand out in korea while playing against these other main tanks of this level you're pretty good and probably deserve a, a look at and that's exactly what he got um this is so far the only player that we have announced or that we know of that um is on our list that has been called up and he got signed to the Washington Justice to play along to K. I think it's only the two of them right now. I believe that have been announced. Uh-huh. Let me check just to be sure. It still says they have Janu Stitch, Aim God, Tube, and Arc, but I don't think they've officially left yet. But I think their contracts may be expired. But it seems like they're starting, especially with Mag and Decay, which I think is a great uh, baseline to start with. 
yeah, there's no reason why uh, the justice shouldn't be considered basically the winners of the tier two free agency. They've got basically what everybody would, if we had a draft mag would have been the number one draft pick basically. And Washington justice was able to lock that up. Um, I wish we could get a draft. It would make things so interesting. Um, yeah. It'd be super interesting to see. Um, it could be coming in the future and I would love to see it like done the same way where they come up, get their little hat and everything. Yeah, like do, that would be great. dude. Do, do it just like a regular draft. It'd be phenomenal. And I guess if we're keeping with the draft terminology here, the next two were like second round pickup. So you've got like yeah. Mag, which is like a first round, first five kind of thing. Like I, I wouldn't say like a LeBron per se, but like uh, like a Giannis maybe for the, anyone who's watching okay. recent. Like he's like a pretty big player like you pick him first five if possible like is is uh like a good like you build like i said like you've got uh, an experienced mvp caliber player in decay and you pick like a newer also essentially an mvp caliber player within his own realm of mag but you've got yakpung and zbag uh kind of rounding out our main tank list here both of them are definitively not as good at least yep. from what we have seen thus far. But there's Solid. a lot of opportunity for players who might just need a different team environment to succeed. Yakpung has played um, for Toronto Defiant last season and looked pretty good, but Toronto Defiant was like the most forgettable team of last year. Um, after having like one like good week and a half of like good matches, they kind of just were in the nowhere. Um, not so bad. They deserved um, acknowledgement, but not good enough to deserve acknowledgement as well. And so after they decided to move away from the Korean roster, he went down to O2 Blast, had some good performances. Um, they got pretty far. How far did they get this time? Uh, they were in playoffs, weren't they? Yeah, they got knocked out by Runaway O2 Blast. Uh, they got knocked out by Runaway. They went two two in the group, so they did pretty good. He's like a decent player. Um, like I said, not like a world beater, but like give him a tryout for sure. Like he definitely is deserving of a tryout, and if he shows out well in tryouts, if he's got like a good, um, I, I guess a, a locker room uh, mentality is a helpful teammate, and he's got Overwatch League experience. He, you know, what he can do. Um, definitely deserves a shot. Same with Sabag. He's a little bit more of a risk. Like, um, we've seen him kind of split time in a couple of more recent matches uh, with Enocas, who would specialize with the with the Roadhog. Um, played a lot of the Winston. Played some Wrecking Ball. Um, not like a notorious feeder, but. Not like slight overextending issues. That, yeah. that, that's what what I would have to say about him. Just he plays a little out of position. An aggressive main tank is fine. You just have to make sure that you have the support line that's willing to put their life on the line for that aggressive play style. 
yeah, you're gonna think, you're gonna need a lot of support for Z Bag to work out here. I I think you can get he can kind of get a spot and be on like a you know bottom twelve to sixteen team maybe like he's probably not gonna be in a top four like he's not a top four player I don't neither of these two are top four players Fair. um. So they're probably going to be like if they make it on a team, it's not going to be uh, shock or Philly or whatever. Um, it's going to be Houston or uh, I don't even think Dallas. I don't even think Dallas would go that like low, quote unquote, to pick up one of these two. I think they'll probably no. find elsewhere like. Um, but moving into off tanks, we've got a couple of good options. We've got what like kind of again, another similar like. A first, uh, first five or six picks if we're doing a draft uh, in Gable C. Uh, fantastic Diva play, great Sigma play as well. Um, I think we saw him play some Roadhog here and there as well, and had good looks on there. Um, really, a well-rounded off-tank player. If Justice aren't going for Janu again, and think maybe he's no longer as good as he was last year even though he was really good last year maybe there's some issues that happened i don't know maybe they just needed time maybe they keep him whatever if they don't keep him i think if they pick up gablesy if you've got gablesy and mag as your tank line with decay like that you're a contender now um you're like in the conversation for being like a a team that might push into that top uh echelon um again my next two are Two we've talked about a lot recently. It's the yep. both support or uh, not support, but uh, off tanks for Runaway in Wuyal and Phase. Wuyal has Overwatch League um, experience. Big plus. Um, was on the winning roster. I think did he finish with them? I don't remember if he with finished with them actually. New York with, or uh, no? Um, London. I can't remember. No, if he was on London I think he when got... they won. I think he got traded prior to that. Let me find uh, out. Cause that, that was an interesting, like, did he, was he technically a winner? He got moved to an active and then went to XL2 Academy. 522. He got moved to an active and they won. 728. Was he on the roster? 728. No. No. Ooh, he was on X2 Academy. Yep. Oh, that's gonna hurt. Uh yeah, but so technically not a world champion. Uh, but still pretty good. He's had good looks now, and we've seen FaZe get brought in as well. Specifically playing the Roadhawk, and as we mentioned today, had some good looks. Uh yeah, I think FaZe works out for a team that's if we're still looking at when the new season rolls around where you need somebody to play that hog specific role. Um, phase is a great pickup. He can be that, that map pick player that you pull in on the tank role. Um, if the rumors are true, there might be a team that would be needing a, uh, potentially Korean, uh, uh, Roadhog main because uh, who who usually plays the the Roadhog for the shock? Super, I so okay, but I see what you're <laughs> going for. 
um, shock I, sign phase. Just yeah, as that 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 to plug plug in. If you're gonna get the number one Roadhog out of Korean contenders, you're looking at Phase, maybe Enocas, but I think well, Phase like, edges them just a little bit. There is I if you're gonna unless like my, my this is my argument. If Super retires or if Super is not on Shock, he is a full time streamer, and I don't think that's happening yet. He's legit twenty. Yeah. He's still got lots of time to become a washed up uh former sports player and open up a sports bar um uh, and do commercials for uh local car dealerships. The new- he's got a lot of time left. The dude is still like he's I don't think he leaves. I think that that spot is still occupado. I don't think FaZe has an opportunity on a top level team. Um I think FaZe and Enocast are both on the same kind of unfortunate iceberg of just having to kind of... It depends on the meta, and if Roadhog is nerfed. And, like, they're... And they are. Like, no one on the current patch is playing Roadhog at all. Um, At least that who wants to not throw for their team. But, like, I, I think these couple players who were, like, specialists for the Roadhog to replace the main tank on the Roadhog maps. It was incredibly valuable to their team, but not to themselves. And so I think it's going to hurt FaZe, and I think it's going to hurt Yanocas, uh in this draft season um, because you did really well on a hero that you're not going to be playing anymore. What is that worth? It's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, this next bit, these two are bangers, dude. Flex DPS. We've got Valentine and Assassin both aging in, um, in, I think, before the season starts. Yep. January and February. 21. Season doesn't start till April, so you've got time to sign them, get them up to speed, everything you need to do. Um, even after they're 18, you don't have to worry about any sort of issues. You've got like plenty of time for Valentine and Assassin, both incredibly solid players, very different uh, heroes. Valentine, um, I think his Farah is great when we saw it on some maps. Yep. His Echo has been, I mean, obviously it's sometimes down in some places, but like a lot of the time it can swing maps in its favor. Um, great tracer when they need to run it with uh like a hit scan specialist like a sniper role like he's playing with im37 you could just keep him in uh, also ran the reaper when needed so there was a lot of heroes this guy can run at like a pretty competent level yeah i uh, i was just gonna say basically what you said about his echo like when his echo is off like you said you didn't even know he was playing the echo because yeah. he was never there but when he when his echo's on, I would put his echo comparable to his tracer. The only issue is it's hit or miss. You don't know exactly map to map which echo you're going to get out of Valentine. Not a huge problem because he has the fallbacks of the tracer, the reaper, and the Pharah that are all phenomenal basically consistently. So Valentine, whoever Valentine signs with, they are getting an absolute banger of a flex DPS here. And with a lot of... I think most teams don't have a great Genji. 
Uh, I mean, minus. It's hard to tell. Uh, I mean, it's unknown whether or not Genji will come back in the meta as well. See, that's the oh. issue. Boy, that's... if you need one, like I think, I think if you're Shock and you just let go of Rascal and you maybe move Tayo to a different role because I he's not a Genji player. We know him as a Hitscan player. Mm -hmm. I think if you just want to bring in a guy and maybe give him like a, I don't think he's going to be incredibly well sought after, but I think he's going to be a phenomenal specialist if you can swing it. Um, I think you bring him in at the flex spot, get him just some experience with the team. Um, I think if when you have like an opportunity for a Genji meta, like Shock got burned with the Genji meta. I forget which tournament it was, but they just had to play super on the Genji. So yeah, like, they had super. It was fine. He was not feeding his brains out, but also like, dude, imagine if you have the performance that Assassin had in really their grand finals and then their semifinals matchups, dude. Top level player, I think. Yep. Like when it comes to the Genji, could bring out the Tracer to a good not even competent but like good he was good on the tracer he can land big pulse bombs um we've really only seen him on these two i would like to see more of him but we probably need to go down to the to the old film room and and dig out some older tapes to find out you know what his performance is, is like on the non genji non tracers but for those two he's pretty good yeah, see, that's my only fear for Assassin is he kind of has that that ball and chain hook to him kind of like FaZe has, where if you're not really in a Genji or a Tracer meta, what are you going to play him on? Like, He's he, like he'd be the bench player. Who are you? Yeah. I think. Like, he was incredible at those, too, but, like, they bring Who Are You on to other teams. And then we like, get terrible metas for him. Like, yeah. it, Assassin is very meta-dependent. And, actually, like, I won't even fully say that because he was essentially the only person that was running the Genji with success when we were watching yeah. these games. So, like... It wasn't like it's a Genji meta. You just it's not a Genji meta right now. Genji he was meta. He was forcing the Genji... Um, but I think pulling up into the Overwatch League, you're going to have a lot harder time forcing the Genji when you're running very specific metas. So Assassin's going to be another one of those niche picks that uh, we might see. He deserves it 100%. Um, I, that's just my biggest fear for him is that the metas won't suit him and teams will be kind of afraid to spend the money on that pick. I think yeah I think if you have a big money team like a shock or a Philly or whatever mm -hmm. I think you bring him in like if Philly get rid of Ivy I don't know where he is like I don't know if they've kept him or not um but like if for some odd reason they get rid of him you just have options instead uh yeah. let me see if I can see it Philly Ivy expiring um so yeah, like I that spot is open and going on to a team like Philly or Shock, I would say like Philly or Shock are both great options um for him because both of these are top level teams. You're playing with top level players, but you are not expected to bear fifty percent of the DPS load. Alright, now hear me out. You like ten percent. 
what if you paired him with the New Look Washington Justice behind Mag next to Decay? Um, I mean, yeah, granted, I mean, we Decay can run both the Genji and the Tracer, but I think we're seeing more success with him in the hitscan roles mm-hmm. on the Widow and the, the Widow McCree and, the and Ash all that. McCree. Yep. I think that would be a good look. Um, if he wants to to go there and wants to play with his teammate of Mag, and I'm hoping Mag will like put in a good word for him. Um, I could see it, but I still think you need to pick like a third DPS up, and I, I, I yeah, I don't think you pick him up as a like a no. That be... we've got two guys. That's yeah. it. They better be good at everything. Like, He's definitely got to be in a rotation. Pretty... Yeah. 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 Um. Speaking of rotation, one player we have seen, I like this is a new sub role we've seen in the recent like eight months is the sniper specialist, not just a hit scan specialist, but like a sniper specialist. We see it with aunts. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even think about who we've seen. Well, I guess we've seen it from I am 37. He's the next player. He's top on our hit scan list. Um, Again, another kind of role player of like you don't bring him in to play the tracer and the reaper, no. and that you bring him in to play the widow, Ash, maybe Hanzo. That's about it. Like you bring him in on those maps, Havana. Um, uh, what's the other ones? Uh, Anubis, Junkertown. Anubis, possibly, yeah. Uh, there's some a lot of good options for him. I think like if if we're looking to see DPS be the more flexible roles here, in that you can always bring up three or four players at a time and have a you know good rotations. I think he's a player you pick up. Definitely. Um, Ace next one, great. A uh, kind of on the flip side of that, uh, has never played snipers too much. Nope. Um, I guess he played the Hanzo, but his Sombra, like he, I think is this season's Decay, or not Decay, uh, Doha, in that mm-hmm. we were like, oh, he's a phenomenal Sombra player. Maybe not even playing Sombra, but like we eventually could play the Tracer, could play the Hanzo, um, can play, what else has he played in recent years? Maybe he played a little bit of Ash here and there, but not really a special, t- like, I think he's another good, like, I'm trying to remember if we saw him on, because we saw Soldier very limited, but I can't remember who was on the Soldier. Maybe it was Ace. I mean, it was probably Merit, I think, which I guess is our next player to talk about. Um, Merit, who was a bit more of a, I mean, I really like the WGS Phoenix DPS rotation, I thought was perfect. Like the way that like they found the right maps right opportunities, the right play styles to play with it and had really good rotations to um, fit the style perfectly. But on the side of Runaway, you had Merit and Assassin. You're only two DPS. They played everything. Um, We know Merit as like a really an Ash specialist. Like he played that a lot and did well with it. And he had phenomenal zoning bobs. Like, not even bobs for, like, super value. Literally just shutting down a choke point. Uh, pushing people off of a payload. Um, saw he him... did get a, a 4K in, like, half a second on uh, 
Nepal Sanctum in the finals. This was one particular. I'm like, whoa, that was fast. It was. Like, I don't. I'm not even sure how the players ended up where they ended up, but they were knocked up. I don't. I'm not sure if it was from. Uh, uh, who was running the ball? It, it wouldn't have been Phase. It would have been uh, Wu Yaw. Egg maybe. Oh, okay, Wu yeah. Um, but the the four players got knocked up, and he threw the Bob underneath of them, and then Bob just shredded them like it was crazy. So he can get the big play Bobs. He he gets some zoning Bobs. Um, and then we see him on the Widow, and he's very capable on the Widow. Uh, locking down sight lines, um, holding angles, just completely tearing up the back line of teams. Um, if you're looking for probably comparable, I'd say I am 37 and, and Merit are probably right there on the same level of the sniper specialist. I am 37 might take it a little bit more on the um, the Widow and the Hanzo because I don't think we've seen Merit on the Hanzo too much. Um, no. But Merit's Ash is phenomenal compared to IM-37s. Yeah, and then to kind of kick it up a little bit, um, Stellar was a big Tracer player, and we've seen him do pretty well recently, but there were issues in the past of him kind of just retiring and then coming back and then playing on Boston, and that didn't work. He went back down to Contenders, so... um, Again, another player like deserves a tryout, but like I don't think is gonna be like a world beater. Like I don't think he's like a top level DPS prospect. He's just like maybe give him a look if you're looking for something like that. Um, flex support was a little tougher. Um, I think Aztec was pretty good. Uh, Swoon was pretty good as well. I think who's Swoon playing for? Uh, Talon. Talon. I'll say uh, I know we watched him in the playoffs. Pickup. Yeah, his Zen especially was really good. Um, I, I made a note of, like, gets good kills and also good uh, ult usage mind. Um, but then we've seen a lot of Aztec. We've watched so many WGS Phoenix games this past uh, three or four weeks. So we're a little recency bias on him. He's pretty solid. Um, and then kind of the last big one on this flex support list is MCD played previously with the gauntlet winning element mystic roster could go with the new element mystic roster uh over to dallas with em 2.0 as we're dubbing it um but in all honesty that's where i would love to see him go yeah i think that that'll be super interesting and and um yeah and i think we probably should save the english for next uh next week just because we're getting close to time here but i think you also do have uh repel and jexay also free agents as yep. well which could also go to dallas too and then in that case you have literally a sedgeal mystic again yeah. but like and with a maybe a new better main tank and uh a oh. different hit scan dps as much as it pains me and Deathblow will throw terrible towels at me if they get any more of the OG Element Mystic roster, uh, I'm a Fuel fan. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I want to see, more so because I want to see the Doha and Sparkle DPS duo just do phenomenal, because the year that we picked them to, well, last year, uh, when we were doing this, 
and we talked both of them up. Everything, like, Doha got put into a bad situation, but he still looked good on Dallas. He looks good. He yeah, looked I don't think good anyone can really think he was not a good player. Uh, and then Sparkle, I, I don't think he deserves to be a role star, but he was a role star. Like, he was, he's a good player, and, like, he was, I mean, perceived by a lot of people to be a phenomenal DPS player, but just didn't have a lot of time to really... Yep. He came in so late. Team. But now... Those two who know exactly how to play together are going to be next to each other again. We've seen them to where they literally switched heroes, where um, Sparkle's playing the Farah phenomenally while Doha's on the Sombra. Well, then Sparkle needs to go on Doomfist, so Doha plays the Farah, and they yeah. absolutely do work together. This, Very interchangeable, the two of them, but they need this, a hit scan, which is kind of where I this think Dallas fuel team is going to be nasty. If they lock down a good hit scan for a, a good DPS rotation, I like Dallas fuel this year. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone yesterday about this. Like Dallas could either be uh, a top three team, top four team, or a coached expensive mistake. Yeah, coached into the bottom three. Like I won't even say coached because. I trust I the coach. GM'd. Yes. GM'd to the bottom three. If you don't pick up the proper three. pieces, um, if you can't make that work, yep. it could be no bueno. Yep. Um, main support is a weird spot as well. So, like, one thing I wanted to note uh, before we get into this, Element Mystic has two players in their entire starting roster that is eligible to play. He's saying choice of one, just MN3. Like, I think they're all too young. Kellen attack, both too young as well. Um, MCD and Ansun J are the only eligible people for Element Mystic, despite being a really good team and having good looks. Like they're the only ones eligible, so that's kind of rough. Um, but on the main support list, we've got Ansun J, Faith, and Neko. Um, none of these, I think, are like top level round one pickups unless a team does like a trout and they're like oh my god this guy's amazing um like so i think there were Dixie a couple to go of players are built like sturdy. that like, so when mark's daughter gets a boo boo where you like pick him up you're like oh my god why why was this guy playing on a nobody team like this guy is incredible um i don't think we have any of those on this list so far but that's not something we can ever really see because a lot of what they do is in communication and team coordination and uh support yep. in that aspect but ansoon j and faith especially um i think are two particularly skilled players we've seen a lot of lucio and a lot of mercy from ansoon j as well of, i think yeah. he was kind of pushed to play that a lot and looked really good on a lot of it like the way i view a mercy is if you see him getting picked a bunch you're probably not good otherwise like they're doing a fine job. Like the, there's a bunch of really hard to spot minutia with it, but like if you have good positioning and nowhere to go, you're doing cool. Like you're doing good. Yep. Um, and then Faith, we saw played a lot of Lucio for WGS, um, alongside Aztec, had some not great looks, but a lot of more positive looks. I think. Yeah. Um, he's able to run the the brig in the brawl comps. Um. 
I don't think we saw Ansoon Jay run the brig too much. Uh, we Not saw much, no, we saw it quite a bit out of faith. Uh, bounce between Lucio and uh, the brig. Just he, when you're talking main supports, it's like did they die a lot? No. Okay. Did the players around them not die? No. Cool. They're good. Like there's there's <laughs> it's, real. It's a really hard to spot it's one hard. unless you're like in the comms, you know, a coach that is specifically looking. This was another thing. Like if I was tasked with finding a main support, I could probably find one because then I'd have to like hyper focus on but you everything. Have to, yeah. thing that you do pinpoint but, like, just the that play. The way that we're watching this is like, okay, who is poking out as a good player on this? Because we're looking at literally every single player for every single role. And we spent like uh, 40, 40 minutes or so talking about, maybe 30 minutes, just talking about just the Korean speaking players. And we got three to four in each list. Like, There's just so much that we can cover. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, one last note player here to look at is Neko, who was previously, I don't know, season one of maybe top five, top six flex support. Yep. Uh, played on Boston, was really just a stellar performer. Um, got replaced by Aim God, swapped to the main support roster once he went down to O2. I think he played flex support uh, for like a season or two and then decided to like make the switch to main support which was an interesting call just like because he was such a skilled um flex player but he adapted well and has shown to be pretty solid with uh i think o2 has OWL experience i think would be a, a solid pickup as well um if you're looking for a more experienced player but i don't think either any of these three are like really a top level i mean but to be fair like most of the top level teams don't need a lucio player right now yeah unless uh your dallas mystic uh need a and decided not go for a jexay yeah. for example but i think for tonight that's gonna wrap us up because we're already at just a little bit over an hour uh and then we have all of the English of side to go through still. Uh, so we'd probably be here for like another half hour, 45 minutes. Um, but that just means there's more content for next week. There are two things that I want to go over really quick before we close up the show. Um, we have one of the two teams that is going to be securing a trial spot coming out of the uh, trial of champions. Uh, and that is Antiku. Have made it to the grand finals. They're going to be going up against either uh, Delta Phoenix or Our Zero. Uh, I believe this coming weekend. Uh, let me see. October twenty fifth. Oh no, it's actually going to be going on right now. The lower bracket finals are happening, and then the upper bracket or the grand finals will be happening shortly after that. And then over in EU. Uh, Oh, we're still a ways away for EU. We got we got well, a I mean, while. Oh no! A side note as well: we got NA and EU. I think both starting in three days, and I think we just had the seeding tournament soon. So I think we might actually have this. This week was a Korea week, 
we talked about Korea Grand Finals and yep. Korean players to pick up. Maybe next week we do um, NA talk and yep. uh, NA pickups. So it'll be a, a very themed day. And I, I looked at this wrong. Uh, yep, EZ has secured a spot in the uh, the finals, it looks like. Let me just double check. Yep, Yep, EZ is in the grand finals. So those two teams look to have secured their trial spot uh just waiting on one more out of this new format uh which is super cool i know that tomorrow night we get the the seating show for na and eu because i got the notification from the old youtube saying that there was a premiere tomorrow night so uh we are getting pretty close to uh trials for na and eu and then we will be getting uh, contenders that following week. So we will be covering that here very shortly. Yeah. Seating show is tomorrow at 3 PST, 6 EST. So that probably means we'll get matches either Tuesday or Wednesday running. Th- It'll it, probably be Liquid Wednesday. Wikipedia says they start on the 28th. So that's Wednesday. Wednesday? I'm going to say, yeah, because we might... we might have to do that uh, night pushback. For the next two yeah, we weeks. Might, we might do Monday next week. Yep. Uh, just because contenders like to change their dates on us. <laughs> it, yep. it's, it's a thing. But uh, that is a show. So, Kyle, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me basically Twitter still. Uh, at Kyle the Winner. Talking about Overwatch stuff. And anytime I'm guesting on a podcast, which... Uh, yeah, you got an announcement for us. podcast this week. Uh, yeah, so we are, uh, when is, uh, I don't know if we're doing a Thursday? live thing and then streaming it. Uh, we're recording on Thursday at three, my time, six, your time. Um, we're doing a guest fantasy pick. Um, they're f- like fantasy talk um, podcast with D Hulky, who I think is one of the editors or like works. Uh, as a contributor or ranker for draft buff on their overwatch side. So I do believe um, so. That'll be interesting. I think I was in a couple of leagues with him. I think I smashed him a couple of games before I stopped playing fantasy. Uh, To be fair, fantasy this year was all kinds of jacked because of COVID. Yeah. Like, uh, Oh yeah, man. Brutal. I think I weren't playing for like, four weeks or something yeah like, cool well that's my dps line yep uh, there's nothing i can really do right now i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> let go of profit but here we go um yeah so like that'll be super duper fun um i'll try to get a retweet on that when we do get it posted but we'll be yep, talking definitely. more like kind of similar stuff to what we were talking about this week of like big players to take a look at um but like more so how that fits into the fantasy realm, which is interesting. And then I was on a podcast again last night talking about more generic video game stuff. So, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I got three this week, man. It was a busy, busy week. Were you on uh, The Bang? I was on The Bang, dude. It was fun. Uh, yeah, I, I will listen to that episode tomorrow. That's my Monday morning listen. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, and definitely shout out to the video game Bang, because, like, they're constantly having Kyle on, which is awesome. Yeah, but great. <laughs> man, I I love their banter on everything. Like, it's it's been a great show to find. It's it's definitely one of my weeklies that I keep up with now. 
But uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Thorn Rain. Um, I haven't been doing very much streaming. It's going to depend on uh, new PC stuff. Uh, but if I ever do, it's right here on the Blackwatch Report Twitch channel. But if you are an audio listener, head over to Twitch, hit that follow button. We'll give you a shout out. If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you have Twitch Prime. Hit that subscribe button. We are affiliates. It helps out the show. If you want to help out completely free, leave us a review. Send it in to us. We'll read it live on the show. We really do appreciate those. We haven't had one in like over a year. Um, so we would really like to get one of those. Wink, wink. Uh, but you can find the show on Twitter at Blackwatch Report. No, own that report and email the show over at blackwatchreport at gmail.com. Follow the show right here on Twitch at twitch.tv slash blackwatchreport. We record live Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern, and our intro music is an original piece by our own Mr. Kyle Wynn. This has been a High Noon production. You can find all of our shows over at highnoonpodcast.com and come and chat with all of the hosts from the shows over on the Discord at discord.me slash highnoonpodcast. And with that... Like watch out.